Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 138. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. I pray that it's a blessing. Today I'm going to be coming out of 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'll be reading a good bit of the passages, but I'll just uh, throw some things in that have jumped out to me in this. So let's just jump right in. 1 Samuel chapter 3 The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Now that's an interesting piece. I think it's something that warrants our consideration. Samuel did not know the Lord yet. He did not know his voice. He was not able to recognize God speaking to him. And I think it bears consideration that Samuel thought the voice was Eli. I know in my own personal life, and I would imagine that some could relate to hear this, how many times have we heard a voice in our heads, or we could perhaps say in our heart, and we think it's our own voice. I know many times that I've had a thought or a consideration and I've thought, well, that must be me. And while there are times that we have thoughts and some are even good thoughts, but Oftentimes, I believe we miss the Lord speaking to us because we don't understand yet or we have yet to decipher what he sounds like. And this isn't to say that he has certain uh, tones to his voice or 
any particular thing of that nature. No, this is more so deciphering who the words are coming from. And so many times that we think it's our own voice when in fact it could be the voice of the Lord. Now, something that we should take great caution in is entertaining just any voice. And we should use great caution to just assign that voice to the Lord because there are a lot of competing voices there's there's the voice of the of world the world that is trying to uh, jump in and and make an impact in our hearts and our lives uh, the enemy the devil um, any of any of his demons our flesh is another one um, oftentimes the flesh is the voice that wants to produce the least amount of effort, the easiest path, you know, so to speak, all that. And so it's actually quite easy to discern the flesh voice. Um, but the the enemy's voice can can be a tricky one to navigate. But many times the voice of the Lord, it sounds like our own voice. Now, for those hearing, don't get nervous. I'm not saying that our voice is God and etc. No, this that would that's absurd. But many times we miss the Lord because we have yet to decipher His voice among the voices that we hear. And here Samuel is in the similar situation, so we should all be able to relate to His moment here. So verse 7 back to it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He had not discovered it. Verse 8, A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now something I want to point out here that I think bears... Uh, considering, is after the third time of Samuel getting up and reporting to Eli, here I am, which is an interesting phrase in itself. You think of some of the, the forefathers, you know, Abraham and various others. You could probably readily find a list of, of those who this is said by uh, Isaac, Jacob, probably, here I am. So that's a fascinating response from Samuel. It, it was an appropriate response, here I am, but it was to the wrong one. So that's interesting. Then 
Eli realized. So after the third time, Eli realized. Now, Eli, remember, here is a, is a priest. And at this point, Eli is getting old in age. And he's having some health problems as well. Now, we also know that there is quite a, a disappointment and an, an evil nature in his sons who are serving in God's house. And, and so Eli has quite a, I guess, difficulty. Um, it's, not the, it's not the right word. He has a troubling experience as a father. He has, he has an issue, we'll just say, in his fathering. But this man has served the Lord for a, a number of years. But it takes him a th the third time to realize. And, and so I wonder if he has gotten in a place where his spiritual in-tuneness is jaded or compromised. I think that perhaps now I'm making some assumptions or going out on a limb here just to give me some liberty. But perhaps what if Eli was more in tune or more heightened, he could have recognized this sooner and either been less frustrated himself or caused less frustration in the boy, Samuel. So I think that it is important that you and I have our spiritual heightened senses. We are in tune more quickly and accurately with what God is saying and doing and desiring. We must, our hearts must align with the heart of God. We must know. You see, think about this just quickly here. Eli should have or could have known in advance that the Lord would be speaking to the boy. He had every reason as the boy's, quote, father, uh, or at least a father figure. Remember, he was raising the boy because he was promised by the mother. And so there was every opportunity for Eli to know that this was going to happen. But why didn't he have insight into this ahead of time? I think it goes back to speaking to the necessity of being in tune with what God is desiring to do. It is to be in season to know the times and the seasons and not just being able to recognize them, but also being able to discern what to do with that information. It's important. So Eli tells the boy, okay, I got this now. 
go back and when he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now, why do you think that response was necessary? After the first moment of, we'll say, recognition, after the first instance of the of the Lord calling Samuel by name, Samuel, could not God have just began to speak? Well, of course, of course, he could have just spoken to the boy, and it would, he would have, you know, put two and two together, perhaps, or the Lord would have introduced himself before he could even gotten up to report to Eli. But why didn't God do that? And why is it that Eli gives the recommendation or the instruction to say to Samuel, okay, Samuel, you say this to the Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What's that about? Why, why tell the Lord that, okay, you may go ahead, I am listening. It's not because that it's some kind of requirement but I think it does speak to God's heart as it relates to his intention to go with you as deep as you will invite him. I think that's important. I often hear this phrase or, or sentence, you know, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and, and uh, he, you know... And I, I understand the the heart of of where that comes from, but I don't think that that holds water in every case. I think yes, God partners with man, humanity, men, women, boys, girls. He partners with them, but there's also an element to God gets what He desires. In some regards, uh, now that might make you nervous, but God doesn't wish any should perish, but people perish. So there are things that God wants that he doesn't get. And that's strange to say, not because of his, his inability or a lack of, of, of power or any of that nature, but because of human desire and self-will. So there are things that God doesn't get, but that he would want. And I think that the statement that Samuel is told to say, it speaks to something deep in the heart of God that longs to be invited in that longs to be acknowledged and permitted. Now, God can do without our permission. He's, he's uh, omnipotent and all of those fancy theological terms. But at, but at the end of the day, God is one who desires relationship intimacy, nearness, fellowship. These are all 
these aren't secondary items to the heart of God. These are primary drivers of interest that he has. And so I think that this statement by Samuel echoes that heart of God. Later, later we'll find out that as, as Saul, the chosen uh, king, violates an obedience of God, he is told that there, God has chosen another whose heart is after him. And it's not just to say who, whose heart is more like God's, but it's also to say who is after the heart of God. David is after God's heart. He is pursuing God's heart, not just mirroring it, but pursuing it as, as a deer that pants for the water. So our soul longs for thee. So there is something there of intimacy that is important to remember. So speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Now I think what I just want to close here in saying, notice that powerful line, the Lord came and stood there. Now we think about the Lord coming, and we can probably rationalize that pretty well. The Lord came, His presence is there, or... You know, he came in manifestation or power. All that is fairly reasonable for us to consider. But think of that next part. It said, he stood there. Now that, that carries with it this idea of a body. You know, presence... When we we don't think of a, of a presence as something that stands to to stand involves legs and feet and you know use your imagination if you will so this carries with it a very dare I say human likeness to it You know, I'm reminded of when when God spoke face to face with Moses as like a friend, and and then Joshua, the the one who would lead after Moses, wouldn't leave the tent of meeting because of his time with the Lord in that tent. And I think there was a there was face to face, and. And I think we see that here, at least in shadow, but I think more of in substance. The Lord was standing there with the boy communicating. And so, you know, I just, I, 
I can't help but the this depth there's there's a depth crying out for more there is there's something in you there's something in me that is yearning for more of God than what we have and and if you've given up on the thought or the thinking or perhaps you've never even considered that what that there is more to this thing this relationship of what is available in God there's more that's available than what we currently have and and I would just invite you on the journey to discover that I I can't discover it for you and I can only and I can only give you breadcrumbs of what my discovery journey has been and what I've discovered isn't isn't even anywhere near worth enticing anyone else but but I know that there's something that craves more in me and 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 I long for that and I, and I think you you are or you will as well and so I would just invite you on that journey to discover more by way of intimacy and nearness, proximity and relationship to to our Lord God Most High. And so I thank you for taking this time to join me on this, and and I just ask the Lord to take what just little we've spoken of and multiply it in your hearts, in my heart, and that that the Holy Spirit would make the things of God more real to us every day, every moment, that we would go from grace to grace and realize the tangible substance of the Lord, that the glory of God would would fill our places, would fill every inch of our hearts, that nothing would be held back or kept from Him, that every insufficiency of ours would just diminish in the fire of His presence. So I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're going to do in the hearts and the lives of each one of us. In Jesus' name. If it means that I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you. And in your house, I'll